Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody. This is Lenny Murphy, and welcome to the inaugural first episode of the Green Book Podcast, something that uh, we've been thinking about for a long time, and then we decided, well, what the hell? Let's do it. So here we are, and uh, this is going to be a pretty exciting and and interesting experience. Uh, Our first guest is Dana Kim. Uh, Dana is the founder and CEO of Highlight, an agile product testing platform. Dana comes from the traditional agency side. She was at Kelton, a boutique insights and strategy agency, as a qualitative and mixed method researcher for years, after which she went to the Wharton School for her MBA. So, Dana, welcome. Thanks for being our first guinea pig. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Um, I even have an official microphone to help me sound good. So (laughs) hopefully I do it justice. I always wanted to be a DJ. This is the closest that I've ever gotten to it, I guess. So, um, yeah, welcome to the late night. Uh, (laughs) And by late night, you mean noon Eastern time. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Anyway, glad that you're here. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Highlight? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, And again, thank you so much for having Um, Me and us is Highlight. Um, Super excited to be sharing a bit about our story. Uh, So Highlight, as you mentioned, is an agile in-home product testing platform. Um, And really what that means is we've built a solution to help you get product in hands for feedback faster and more efficiently without sacrificing precision of targeting or robustness of feedback. Um, If you are familiar with the physical product testing space, it's super simple. We've automated and made efficient the iHut or the in-home usage test. Um, while bringing the consumer side experience into the modern day. Um, So with our tech, we've strung together all the different sort of elements that you would need to get a product test off the ground um, from the recruitment of the participants, which we have our own, um, you know, curated, pre-selected articulate community to the shipping of the actual product. We have the warehouse that gets your stuff in hands um, to the deploying and ensuring completion of all your surveys. Um, which, by the way, we can capture written, photo, video feedback of the product experience. So at the end of the day, we make it super easy for you as a researcher to focus on what matters, which is the research design, the analysis of the data set, none of the hairy ops or complicated logistics that give you a headache. Um, We take that on for you. So Highlights Platform, with a click of a few buttons, handles the rest. You enter a screener targeting criteria, ship us product, upload questionnaire, few days later, you have a live dashboard of data coming in, a few days or weeks, um, depending on how long your trial uh, period is, you have a beautiful final data set, um, and uh, you can kind of rinse and repeat across projects. So that is very cool. As we think about, uh, it certainly seems like launching during the pandemic could be serendipitous as well, right? If, Mm -hmm. you know, think of of product testing traditionally kind of falling into that qualitative bucket, right? uh, in-home use test, central location testing, you know, all of those things, they were location centric and you went there and you touched, taste, uh, smelled, you know, whatever the, the case may be. Uh, and as everything else kind of shifted to digital, uh, that was probably a real gap 
over the years, there's been a few companies that uh, had tried it. I don't think anybody ever hit scale. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was very niche, uh, you know, very challenging for a variety of, of reasons. Yeah. And it sounds like you figured it out. So, uh, yeah. so congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a ton of reasons for the, the why now for highlight um, and, and why this timing is kind of perfect. And um, I will say pandemic was um, productive for, you know, the work that we do and that it convinced researchers both within, you know, companies and CPGs, as well as in within agencies to adopt new tools and get really innovative um, with uh, how they are going about collecting data. Um, and so that push to, you know, try out new things, um, work with Highlight, the, the total new kid on the block, um, and, you know, experiment really went a long way for um, just getting in the door with, with you know, Nestle and P&G and Mondelez, who are all our, our clients today. Um, a few other kind of macro forces is just in physical product world, there's just so many new products being launched. Competition is fierce. It's harder and harder to stand out um, in a sea of products or jump off the shelf. Um, so physical product manufacturers are really focusing on, on physical product superiority and making sure that every single first bite or sip or use or application is, is perfect. Um, so the emphasis on getting this data early, um, test earlier, test faster um, is prevalent. Um, and luckily we have all the sort of software and, and technical advancements to make that happen um, from a platform automation standpoint. So the idea that you can hit, you know, blind or don't blind, and that goes straight to the warehouse that then blinds or doesn't blind your product or, you know, hit, you know, need product recall in order to return your product and that prints out a return label. Um, those are things that are um, enabled by uh, just generally the, the digitization of, of third party logistics providers and warehouses. Um, so it's a really cool, you know, aggregate of, of factors that have made um, Highlight possible. And, and the time is now for us to really grow and offer um, this capability uh, industry-wide. It's interesting that you touched on how the technology has enabled the automation of you know, shipping, you know, return, tracking, all of those things uh, uh, where that was, I mean, literally two or three years ago uh, was... <laughs> A, a far more manual and difficult process. So, uh, so here's the a question: As you think about the components of launching uh, Highlight, with you've got the the technology component, you've got the recruiting and uh, and, and panel component, actually the data collection, and then the logistics. I mm -hmm. think those are the big buckets of uh, process. What was yeah. the most challenging to figure out? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think. The most challenging to figure out was probably the logistics component. It is a very specific set of, of you know, special projects at a warehouse that need to happen in terms of putting on stickers that say, try first, try second, try third, or, sure. you know, yeah. um, all of the proper instructions rotated across different consumer IDs. It's not your typical, you know, e-com pick, pack, ship. It's not an Amazon order. It's quite um, it's very customized. Yeah, it's almost an Etsy type, uh, <laughs> type thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, every every single box needs extra special care and attention, and um, it's a unique setup. So I think from an upfront stand-up cost, finding the perfect partners, the perfect warehouse team that we really trust to get all these minutia um, across the line perfectly was 
um, was hard um, and the biggest upfront lift. Um, but once we got it going is super, you know, seamless and scalable now. And we have a really amazing trained warehouse staff that um, ensures all of our products go off, our projects and products go off without a hitch. Um, as we grow, um, the, the largest, um, top, most top of mind challenge for us is just maintaining the quality of our, of our community. And I'm sure you'll hear this again and again and again. We don't consider ourselves a sample company by any means. We don't, you know, buy or sell sample. Um, we, we foster our own community that we've recruited in organic ways. And we, we ask really um, interesting, what we call articulation questions to ensure that the folks coming into our community are A, who they say they are, and B, going to give the time and effort to give really robust responses. Um, so anyone that comes into the Highlight community, we ask questions like, what are two things you would do with a fork that don't involve eating? Um, <laughs> that could be scary. Right? Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing responses. It's, it's yeah. really, um, people get really creative. But it's, it's just a way for screening, uh, a way of screening for folks that will give the time and effort to, you know, if they respond to that question in a robust and articulate manner, they'll, they'll do the same, you know, later when reviewing an Oreo. So well, let's talk about that for a second, too, because obviously, you know, one of the most significant cost of acquisition uh, mm -hmm. issues is building a proprietary community or you know, panel asset. Uh, just from a recruiting perspective, what did you find to be the most effective channel for recruitment? When we first started, we, we knew that we needed kind of big bumps early on. Um, and so we went to um, what we called um, partner communities or mission aligned communities um, and approached community managers to spread the word. Um, and because we, um, we prioritize the community side app, the community side experience, first and foremost in building out our technology and building out our brand. Um, so the, the call to action on the community side was Join Highlight. We're a community for better products. We want your honest feedback on products that are maybe launched, maybe pre-launch. Um, and your feedback goes directly to those brands who then can you know, improve their products. Ultimately, you don't pay anything for it. You get some free products for it. Um, and you get free you, stuff. That's a good you thing. You get free stuff. It's, it's not a hard sell. Um, and as long as we you know, branded it in the right place, in the right ways, and, and placed the message in the right places, we were reaching a really high fidelity and high quality audience. So some of our early um, community partners were WeWork, um, our startup CPG communities, um, consumer product enthusiasts, um, campuses, um, undergrad and grad were an awesome place to bring folks in that were super interested in this, highly opinionated, highly engaged, and typically harder to reach. Mm -hmm. um, so it was... We, it was a really cool thing to see where sometimes we talk about, do you know anyone who's actually on a panel or a traditional panel? Like, are you taking surveys? Are your friends taking surveys? Like, who's taking these surveys? Um, with Highlight, we, we found that um, our friends were, in fact, in the community and our friends were talking about it and posting about it. And we were reaching a really unique cohort. So it's, it's of you know, utmost importance for us to continue differentiating in that way. You know, students make an awful lot of sense. Uh... But what about yeah, yeah. Uh, middle moms, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we now we now have a, a Gen Pop census balance panel, um, and, okay. and we make sure that we kind of abide by all traditional market research standards in um, ensuring that we have a representative panel. We don't have professional respondents. We have identity verification. All that stuff is is built in. Uh, we started with those places as early bumps, and then as we um, grew, grew into those other spaces and filled in accordingly. 
um, mostly through social media and posting in the right Facebook groups and spreading the word um, across diverse affinity groups and um, you know places online. Um, but we use really organic social, um, so Facebook group posting, not Facebook ads or anything like that, um, saying you know the same message of join highlight. This is our premise: free products in exchange for feedback. Help us make better ones. Um, and, and that that was really, really successful for us. Um, so we'll see um, as we scale again, top of mind challenge of keeping that quality super high and making sure that we're able to scale our community as our business grows. Very cool. Let's uh, let's step back. We're, we're kind of inside baseball a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but let's talk about you for a minute. Yeah. Let's talk about you, Dana. <laughs> um, <laughs> where was the the inspiration, right? Obviously there was a seed somewhere and yeah. kind of take us through that journey of, uh, from this, from idea to, you know what, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> and, and what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I went to undergrad here in New York city, um, and graduated with a liberal arts degree and, uh, had had a ton of internships in finance, in fashion, in psychiatry, in law, in all of these careers that I was experimenting with. Um, and basically what that did for me was just check a bunch of stuff off of my career list. <laughs> don't, nope, don't want to do that. <laughs> no, 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 paralegal wasn't for me. No, psychiatry wasn't for me. Um, so I was super lucky in that I didn't fall into a career that I knew I wouldn't like later. Um, but I also graduated with a lot of uncertainty around what, what was next and what was for me. Um, I did graduate with a double major in, in economics and psychology. And now looking back at that, I'm like, wow, it was a really kind of perfect marriage of disciplines. Um, but I stumbled into the world of market research um, in this sort of moment of what next. Um, I, I'll never forget, I, I was looking on our you know, campus job board and I saw the ad for Kelton. They were looking for um, a quantitative intern. Um, I didn't know what quantitative meant. I didn't know what market research was. It was an insights and strategy shop and they had a really cool office in Flatiron and they had fun young people that were super smart and welcoming. Uh, and they worked with really cool brands, helping with you know large initiatives and, and um, really putting out impactful work. So um, I said, yes, I, I got the job. I interned as a quant intern for three months realized I actually like talking to people more than I like moving numbers around on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, so I asked to, to come on full time as a qual um, analyst. Um, Kelton luckily agreed. <laughs> um, and, and so that was my entrance into, you know, qualitative market research. Some of my earliest fieldwork stints, um, and actually my earliest fieldwork stint was for Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. Uh, and I went down with a colleague of mine to Family Dollars in Central Florida and was tasked with stopping people who were in on their way to the fridge picked up a dr pepper product and saying hey wait stop right there try this take this survey and so from the earliest of days saw like wow we we were in that store for you know or in a few stores for the over the course of the week we got maybe 35 interviews across the two of us it was a lot of time spent a lot of money spent um for very few data points and it was just a um, the, the very beginning of a lot of really interesting, creative mixed methodology work at Kelton. I had an amazing, uh, about five years there, um, out of the New York office, out of the LA office, met some amazing, you know, mentors that still continue to mentor me to this day. Um, and really that was the inspiration for while everything 
in market research is getting better, faster, more sophisticated. And there's this awesome digitization of qual communities and video powered research and, um, you know, recruiting tools and um, quant shops. Um, there was this lack of innovation in physical product research. Yep. Um, every other part of research was getting cheaper, cheaper, faster, better. Yep. Um, and physical product research was still super painful, laborious, slow, expensive, all that good stuff. Whether yep. you're a researcher, <laughs> yep. whether you're a researcher within a client, you know, within a, a CPG or, you know, at Kelton or at an agency, um, that stuff just gets super, you know, operationally complex. Realizing that pain point, I was actually pretty intentional uh, in applying to business school. Um, I wrote my admissions essays around this goal of, of building a physical product research solution, but also was very self-aware in realizing I'm a market researcher, not an entrepreneur. I have no idea how to start building this company. Mm. So it was really in my MBA program that I was super empowered to connect with the right people to get learned up on what is a startup? What is venture capital? What is the difference between an LLC and a corporation? Right. Um, and it was this really cool mix of classroom, you know, content absorbing um, around how to build a startup 101, um, meeting folks that come, came from startup world and were more entrepreneurial in early stage, and also just building the confidence to realize like, I can do this. I'm a market researcher. Um, sure, but I can also be a market research entrepreneur. I can, you know, pull together um, with my domain expertise. I can pull together the technical resources, the right partners and team to to get this off the ground. Well, that is, uh, I almost have a tear in my eye. That's so, <laughs> no, it really is. It's inspiring. Um, I mean, that's great. That idea of, because I don't think anybody, well, some people choose mm -hmm. market research. I did not. I stumbled into it as yeah. well. I, I think yeah. a lot, most of us just kind of stumble into it and then we're, we're bitten like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But that combination of, well, let's call it divine providence for lack of a better term, right? The fate, yeah. you, you landed here, but then focus like, mm -hmm. hey, wait a minute. I've got, I've, I've identified a real problem area and it, it has been a problem area for, you know, <laughs> for forever. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, I want to, uh, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to learn these things, so I can have the, the, the right information and resources to address this problem and bring that to market. Uh, yeah. That's hats off, Dana. That's really cool. Um, I mean, it, it really is. I work with lots of entrepreneurs and lots of startups and, and, you know, have started up lots of my own companies. And I know what a challenge that is across the board, you know, experientially, but it's rare to encounter somebody that uh, has that story of focus that you have. So I'm a fan. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lenny. It's, it's crazy to think back because it feels like, you know, years and years ago now, um, and it feels like a whole different life because I'm so immersed in um, building and growing highlight. But I, I owe a lot to Kelton in just showing me the ropes of what market research is, uh, of introducing me to amazing teammates and colleagues that I still am very close friends with today. Your first job um, dictates a lot about kind of where you go and sets you up for success or not. And I'll always, you know, say nothing but great things and hats off to Kelton. Uh, well, and knowing Dave Sackman at uh, Material, um, mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if they're sniffing around a little bit too. I was like, hmm. All right, well, this is pretty cool. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, let's 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 go there for a minute. Not specifics, sure. but building a business, there is always some type of of exit strategy, some endpoint um, mm -hmm. where you say, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm building a business for long term, uh, long term growth and and you know personal success. Yeah. Or I'm building this to scale it up really quickly and sell it and go do something else. Uh, or, you know, this is my lifestyle business. I think those are the three basic categories. Yeah. You start with a vision in mind of where that's going to go, even though it may change over time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. where, what does that look like for you uh, from an yeah. entrepreneurial standpoint of what, what, what was the, what's, what was the end goal and what is the end goal today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, door number one. <laughs> so um, we are definitely not a lifestyle business. We're, we're here to grow and grow big and grow fast and all that good stuff. Uh, we have raised venture. Um, so we are we have investors and we have big goals and big dreams. We are also in it for at least the medium haul. Um, it's not a kind of quick come in, build it up and sell it out. It's, um, you know, we see a ton of opportunity here as it relates to physical product testing that um, we can bring into the present and having a, you know, better, faster, cheaper iHUD is really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, yep. It's a nice wedge to help um, bring an antiquated process into the present and make it more efficient. But there's also a ton of, of innovation in this space to be done. So why, yep. um, why is co-creating products with, with brands so difficult? Can we make it a more integrated process? Can we bring product testing into e-com environments where, um, you know, as you're shopping, you're offered new products that you then give feedback on based on your buying behavior. There's a lot that that can be done. Um, and so we think there's um, just a tremendous amount of opportunity. And, and this really is just the beginning. Yeah, um, agreed. Uh, well, when I put on my futurist hat, which scares most people to death when I do, but you know, I've often thought, okay, well, when, when 3D printing becomes ubiquitous, you know, mm -hmm. what an interesting opportunity to be able to uh, prototype, you know, early stage products uh, in an at-home environment. You know, hey, download this, print it out now, tell us what you think. We've already seen the incorporation of non-conscious measurement tools, you know, facial coding and, you know, of course, all the biometric stuff, uh, eye tracking, uh, mm -hmm. scaling across qualitative um, and quantitative, I would think there'd be some real opportunities here as well to uh, to incorporate those solutions as part of uh, of what you're doing. Is that, are those the type of things that you're thinking about or is that too small? You're thinking, oh, no, I mean, that's kids, that's kids stuff. We can do a hell of a lot more than that. <laughs> what gets us excited is this thesis of, you know, co-creating of products should be far more um, universal um, and should be a part of our day-to-day -day rather than a siloed market research effort. Um, you shouldn't need to be a part of a market research panel to tell us what you think of a certain product um, in a very structured way. What gets us excited um, more so than right now introducing um, new research methodologies onto our existing platform is expanding the scope of where Highlight shows up in, in the world. Um, so if at cart, um, there's always a highlight button of see what you qualify for or um, tell us what you think of previous products. Um, there's a, um, a like, really uh, cool. Like Shopify, like integration with, yeah. with Shopify. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. very cool. That's yeah. very cool. Can we be a Shopify plugin? Can we be a Chrome extension? Can we be honey for product testing where <laughs> after you sign up and we scrape your shopping behavior 
And based on all of your sparkling water uh, purchases, you get to try the newest LaCroix. Um, I think there's a ton of more all-encompassing e-com integrations um, sure. that will just help us reach more real consumers, get more real data, have you know research more closely be reflective of reality. Um, and, and that's where we get excited is, is expanding the, the universe in which we show up versus doubling down on more niche tools as of yet. Sure. So uh, Ibotta, Fetch, yeah. IRI, NPD, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or Shopify or Amazon. Yeah, I think all those things make uh, make a lot of sense. And, you know, so let's, let's talk about that as kind of a broader future of the industry because i'm right there with you i think that the insights is way too siloed and compartmentalized and it should be integrated we're certainly seeing that from the buyer side of insights being democratized and, and integrated across the organization you know it's no longer just the research organization that drives research particularly product research um, mm -hmm. that's been kind of separated out for a long time anyway but how do we do it with consumers yeah i often thought uh in years past that if, if facebook had ever decided well, we're going to integrate these in across the, the solution that the, our industry would have just curled up and died, right? I mean, it would have been such a significant competitive framework. And, you know, Zuckerberg didn't reach out to me and ask my opinion. So, you know, they, they did what they did. But that idea of like, this really is a, a, a continuum uh, and a holistic process of, you know, consumers to, to understand their needs, to create new products, to understand that entire, not just path to purchase, but the user experience. And then of course, you know, the relationship between advertising, yada, yada, yada. This yeah. is a continuum and the, the technology does exist yeah. for us to build that integrated framework. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, t I totally agree with you. I think market research underpins everything that, you know, marketers and product developers do. Um, yet it's it's in its own silo um, in terms of you know people reached and questions asked and you know I think there's there's just more and more growing opportunity to whether it's in terms of recruitment being more ubiquitous whether it's in terms of fielding and asking questions in new places being more ubiquitous the more you can show up and tie to the places that you know people are aka you know Facebook in your example or Amazon or Walmart or Instacart and in our world, the more likely you are to just, to get real people, to get real feedback, to have more of this organic interception and integration. We, we see, um, it's interesting because we actually, we work with brands of all sizes. We always talk about the big logos because they are household names, but we sure. also are really, some of our most rewarding work is done with our emerging brands. We actually do quite a few sort of pro bono campaigns with emerging brands who are looking to get early feedback on products they're launching. And the degree to which our early stage brands and emerging brands, teams of one through 10, or even one through you know, 25, 50, keep their ear to the ground in terms of always talking to their customers. I've heard founders and, and marketers at, at emerging brands say, I make an effort to reach out to you know, 50 customers a day over email, personal emails and ask what they're thinking. Those sorts of mentalities are increasing because everyone's realizing how important it is to, to keep a close eye, um, but they're also not sustainable or scalable. So what are the tools that we can do to continue to bring, you know, brand and consumer together? Um, I know it's, it's a, 
it's a line that probably sounds like a broken record in, in research world, but especially when we're talking about the physical products um, and tying together the makers and the users, it's a really, really compelling opportunity and something we're very, very passionate about. Yeah, there's a few companies that have played in this broad space over the years that actually, when working with early stage companies, when they found something that was was great, they have also invested in them. So I can think of, of two or three, I won't name names because I don't know if it's privileged information, but there are, there are two or three of the CEOs have said, yeah, you know, this startup caters this great idea. We help them test it. And then we said, well, crap, we want part of the action. You know, we we created a different entity that helps to to invest and, and build those. Has that come up for you? Have you thought about that, that idea? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've, we've definitely talked about it because we, as much as possible, um, we try and have our brands use a specific question set to get benchmarks um, across mm-hmm. our category. So if you know a new salty snack brand that's better for you is testing their products um, and they ask our proposed set of questions, we'll know exactly across a, a, you know, a target audience if they are on par or above or below category average. We've created this really cool internal as of yet database of, you know, kind of product and brand ranking. Um, and there are uh, some years uh, and absolutely we've thought about it. Um, we, we have kind of fostered a really cool ecosystem of, of early stage investors and entrepreneurs. And um, we, we do live in this um, really cool startup community, startup CPG community. Um, where we've introduced brands that test through Highlight to investors that are friends of Highlight. And, and right now there's no business model behind it. There's no, right. you know, revenue share or, you know, we're, we, we love doing that stuff. And right now we've been so laser focused on scaling our enterprise businesses that we haven't had the bandwidth to really explore what that looks like. But yes, that, that resonates with us. We've, we've seen the promise. Um, we've tried to figure out what are the, what can we do with this information that, is, is productive for the brands or for us. So is it highlighting them in trend reports? Is it connecting them with retailers? Is it connecting with them with investors? Is it connecting them with each other? Um, there's so much opportunity um, once you realize that you have kind of a, a benchmarked normative database yep. in a certain category. There's early days. Um, again, we, we I don't know if I mentioned, we launched in January. <laughs> so we are, we are in year one. Um, so we are still think, figuring things out. But that early stage ecosystem is, is like, is a very, very fun part of what we do. It's almost an automotive model, right? Okay. So yeah, we've built the framework. Now, how do I redeploy this 10 yeah. different times, you know, yeah. to and create new models that, but based off of the same core assets? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 really fun to see. We work with, um, of course, the earliest of early stage brands. We also work with the innovation arms of big CPGs. We work sure. with incubators and accelerators and investors. So all across the spectrum, there's a lot of desire for just data transparency and transfer of, of curated information. So tons of opportunity. I think we'll we'll see where we kind of double down. Um, but right now it's it's in its nascency of just organic, hey, Alex, meet, you know, Brett or whatever it might be. Right, right. So I want to be uh, conscious of time. We're going to stress test the the, uh, the tolerance <laughs> level for, uh, <laughs> for our <laughs> listeners. Um, so you say you just lost in January. How's how's the growth? Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing we're doing great. We started the year as a team of five. Uh, we 
are now 18 and will likely be 50 by the end of 2022. Wow. Um, yeah, we, we closed a big fundraise um, that we are um, super excited about. We've brought on some investor partners. Um, we have some amazing mentors and advisors that are helping us get to this next level of growth. What was, you know, a year ago, P&G and Nestle and Mars and Mondelez um, were all our dream clients. And now they are our clients. We're, we're proud of, of what we've built. We're, we think we're really onto something. Um, we know that there's a ton of opportunity and this is just the beginning. So we're, we're pretty energized for, you know, a bang out close of 2021 and 2022 um, really hitting the ground running. So we, uh, we all have two moments in early stage in the company. The first is the wow uh, moment. Uh, the other is the, oh, crap moment. Didn't see that coming. How do we deal with this? Can you share what that peak and that valley has been for you so far? Oh, man. Um, yes, I can. So the the peaks in our business have hands down been when we bring on great people. The, the, the wins are always brought on by like, oh, my God, we must hire this person. We must get this offer letter in front of them and sell them on the business and get them on board. And when the offer letter, that sign comes back, that's hands down the best part of, of, of the business so far. Those 17 we've given, I guess all in, in aggregate, if I had to pick one kind of pointed moment, um, I think it was, gosh, it was even recent, a month ago. Um, Ethan's my co-founder, my technical co-founder. He is amazing. I met him when at Penn, he was getting his master's of integrated product design. So engineering and design background. When we realized about a month ago um, or maybe six weeks ago when we set out to raise and we looked down at our revenue numbers after just being so busy and heads down in ops and, and growth and, and realized where we sat and then two weeks later had closed our raise was the, the highlight of, of our growth so far. Sure. I think you get so like bogged down in the weeds of it and you're sending emails and getting things off the ground and operations can cloud your clarity around like, take a step back and how are you doing as highlight? And I think our seed raise that we just closed um, was a really big moment for us where we realized, wow, all of the work we've done is paying off. The market's being receptive. Um, we're finding some real stickiness to our platform and customers are being receptive. Advi uh, advisors are receptive. Investors are receptive. Um, it was a real just moment of validation and clarity. Yeah. Okay, now what about the downside? What's been uh, what's been that depths of despair uh, moment yeah. where you just weren't sure how it was going to go? This introduces a whole another side of the business, but I'll I'll keep it short. Before we were boxes, before we were an iHut platform, we were a vending machine platform. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Company. And the idea was we would automate the intercept and be placed in you know, strategic places and offer free products for feedback, tech app enabled, physical product distribution is all there. Okay. Um, I had bootstrapped and put a lot of time, effort, dollars into um, this vending machine model. And it launched in January of 2020, uh, six weeks before COVID hit. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I see. I can see where you're going. Oh, location-based. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of time and energy spent on a very expensive piece of metal now, but it was it was a pretty fundamental, um, like, part of, of growing up into Highlight and 
you know, getting to where we are today. But that moment of realizing, wow, COVID is hitting. Is it? It was, you know, it was early days. It was like, was is this serious? Is this in the yeah, U.S.? Yeah. Is this going to last very long? And then, you know, I had mask on, gloves on, had to go to the vending machine, empty it of inventory, unplug it forever. Um, and that was that was a real low. Luckily, quickly, I mean, I literally that day when you realize that something you've worked so hard on is no longer a viable option or not going to be successful, um, you figure out new ways of either, you know, getting over it quickly or pivoting it into something that will be fruitful or has potential. So, I mean, if not for that moment, we wouldn't have been forced to think about this moment, this new model of, of in-home and we did a ton of testing and diligence to realize to, to realize the the idea of highlight that it is today, but we got there. And so definitely a, a valley, but worth it for that peak. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, looking back so often at the, uh, the those valleys, they they served a far better purpose than I could have envisioned. Uh, but it doesn't make it any easier. So <laughs> I, I've been there that that oh crap moment uh, where you know your life passes before your eyes, you know? yeah. and 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 actually, and I think it's critical for every entrepreneur to have that moment. Yeah, someone someone said to me, "Fail forward." <laughs> um, like yeah. everyone says, "Fail fast, but fail forward." And I think that's I, I've definitely taken that to heart. Absolutely, kind of I respect that moment for what it was and what it did for me as a person, me as an entrepreneur, for highlight as a business. Wow. Yeah, I'm so impressed. So, yeah, and for, for our audience, Dana and I had not met prior mm -hmm. to this conversation. You know, now I, I feel like we're buddies. We're, we're in the trenches together, you know, uh, after hearing you sharing all of that. And I really appreciate it. So uh, here's the, the, the quintessential moderator question. What didn't I ask that I should have? Hmm. I would love to, to just, you know, share our message and, and share that Highlight has launched, that we are growing. We're the new kid on the block, but we're, we're quickly, I think, establishing some clout in this, in this field. Would love to, you know, meet with anyone who's interested, not just from the, the client or prospective buyer side, but just, you know, folks that have worked in product research, um, that have lived this stuff for many, many years. Um, this is a decades old process that we want to be respectful of um, while also bringing some modernization to. So always looking to strike that balance. Would love to chat if you're interested. Our team is growing, so we'll always uh, pitch highlight as an awesome culture and fun, big growing startup if you're looking for a new opportunity. Okay. All right. Very cool. Any upcoming promotions or events or something of that nature that you want to share with, with the audience? We will be in Austin for IIEX. So oh, that will be oh, all right. Now I like you even more. So yeah, that's actually our only our only in-person planned anything right now. So I'll see you there. <laughs> all right. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first, guys. We, we almost did and decided, well, let's wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that we did that. And but it does seem like the ice has been broken. Well, and hey, maybe that vending machine model will come back in a few years. And well, it's another distribution channel. So yeah, yeah, it's collecting dust. If you want it at a Green Book event, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, Dana, this has been been great, fantastic. Congratulations on all the success. Uh, I have a, a a strong suspicion that this will not be the last time 
that we talk, nor will you be a uh, under the radar company for much longer. Uh, really sounds like you've built a great solution in an arena that really needed it. And there's lots of opportunity for growth there. So best wishes to you and your team on continuing to follow that opportunity. Awesome. Thanks, Lenny. I appreciate it. Um, it was so fun being uh, interviewee number one on the Green Book podcast. Appreciate it, Dana. Thanks so much and happy holidays to you and yours. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transporting insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.